new two-week series that started last week, ends tonight, on spiritual warfare. And so our focus uh, in the first week was preparation and prayer. Now, tonight I want to go a little bit deeper because one of the greatest ways to prepare is through spiritual disciplines. And so week two of preparation for spiritual warfare, spiritual disciplines are the building blocks. So like, obviously, Scripture says Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone, like everything we believe and do is built on Christ and Him crucified, and it's all about Jesus. But now we move into, okay, well, how do I build on that chief cornerstone? Well, your, your, your main building blocks for your walk with God is, is really it's, it's spiritual disciplines. And so that's the foundation of spiritual warfare, too. Um, but what God's trying to communicate to us in, in really no battle, I would say spiritual or physical, is ever fought with sporadic moments of flash and fervor. Now, I think when we go spiritual warfare, I'd be interested. We just don't have time to pass around the mic, and that could get awkward. So, But I'd be curious to know, what do we, what do we envision when we talk about spiritual warfare? Because I think a lot of people would envision a lot of different things. But a lot of times, it's the, you know, the handkerchiefs out, sweat pouring down your face, church setting, people pounding their foot on the ground, going like this, and praying with just passion and fervor and energy, and that can be a part of spiritual warfare. Absolutely, 100% sure. But what about Monday morning when you're getting ready to go to work and you're tired? What about Tuesday night when it's been a tough day at the job and you come home and the kids haven't behaved and, you know what I'm saying? Like, spiritual warfare is a, it's a daily thing. It doesn't just look like a church setting with a handkerchief sweat pounding the ground and loud voices. And so, in our walk with God, we cannot live from mountaintop to mountaintop and just hope, we just wait for the next mountaintop. Like, I'm waiting for the next really powerful service. I'm waiting for the next time where I pray through. I'm waiting for the next time where I feel goosebumps. Or I'm waiting for the next time when they sing my favorite song. Or I'm waiting for the next com- convention, camp, or conference. Like, we can't do that. Because otherwise, our walk just looks like a world's a fun theme park ride, you know, where we're like, yeah, Jesus, oh, it's terrible, life stinks, oh, God's good, I don't know what I'm going to do, oh, God is amazing, oh, my goodness, I'm whore, this is just life stinks, and, and, and that's not what, we have to go, okay, that's, that's not spiritual warfare, we have to, it's not just from one sporadic moment or one mountaintop to the next, God is calling us to put on his whole armor, like I said last week, that has to do with standing firm, with putting on, with holding up, with praying, staying alert, being persistent. Spiritual warfare is about consistency. Spiritual warfare, again, all those things, those prayer meetings, all those things that I make, I'm, I'm referencing, I'm not making fun of those things. 
Because those are things that there are times where we should gather around the front and pray with one another. And we should get angry. Maybe we do go like this or put our hand down on something. Or maybe we do sweat because we prayed so hard. We worshiped so hard. Maybe we do raise our voice because there's something powerful about us raising our voices. Absolutely. But if what we're doing is just trying to connect them, man, I remember a couple weeks ago, there was a really good service. I remember one time, that last prayer meeting was great. We cannot live. Spiritual warfare is not from a mountaintop to the next mountaintop to the next mountaintop. It's daily. It's consistency. And so true warriors don't win one battle and then call it a day. I mean, you look back at history. Look back at some of the battles of the Civil War, World War I, World War II. There's a series of battles that we learned about in history. Imagine what our country would look like if someone fought one battle and said, we, well, that was, was great, we did it, let's go home. We wouldn't even be a free nation because it's often a series of battles. And so true warriors don't just fight one battle and call it a day. They continue to train, continue to battle, continue to be prepared, continue always be ready. We got to spend time with Brother Carlos, who serves in, in the military as a chaplain. And they're always doing, they have their PT days, and they have their, 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 their days where they're running, and they're going, he's like, yeah, you know, we got our big, big run, kind of a 13-mile run. I'm like, have fun. Have fun with that. And there's a reason why Carlos is like in his 50s, and he just still is just like, what's up, man? I'll have to tell Carlos to watch this message, because I'm giving him a, a shout-out. But, uh, but no, they stay prepared. They stay ready. They're in class. They're still mentally engaged, physically prepared. Why? And even as a chaplain, no, it, 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 it's across the board. It's active duty. It's reserves. Everybody has to have, there's this preparation. Well, why in the world when we come to the spiritual realm and he says, put on the armor of God and stay prepared and stand and hold up and put on that we would assume that that would be anything short of what we would see in the, in, the, in the physical realm. That there's preparation, there's consistency. And so we cannot just search for occasional big moments. God's calling us deeper. And we cannot just search for good altar calls by themselves. I want good altar calls. But one Sunday great altar call, even if we had amazing altar calls every single Sunday. That's four, maybe five times a month. That is not enough. That is not enough. We could have the most powerful, incredible altar calls. But at, at some point, we have to take what we get at the altar call and go, now I'm going to go do battle myself. Now I'm going to go prepare myself. It's the small and the constant moments that get victory. <clears throat> and so victory can be achieved through spiritual warfare, but it begins with spiritual disciplines. There, I, if you're saying, man, I want to start doing spiritual warfare, you can't do spiritual warfare and skip spiritual disciplines. Like, if there's no prayer, you're not going to go from never praying to all of a sudden tomorrow, you're like, and I come to the gates of hell right now. They're like, you get kind of like in the New Testament, well, Paul, I know, but who are you? 
you know? So we have to go, no, there's a consistency there. And so how, what are spiritual disciplines? Well, personal prayer, like we talked about last week, fasting, Bible reading and study, faithful church attendance, personal evangelism, generous giving, sacrifice. There, there's disciplines that we put into our lives. And, you know, it's almost, it's almost comical. It's not comical. That's not the right phrase because it's sad. When sometimes somebody will talk about spiritual warfare or taking on the enemy when that person can't even make it to a Sunday and a Wednesday service. Like, I don't, that sounds maybe a little pointed, a little harsh. But, I mean, if someone is not even consistent enough to be in the house of God, that person's probably not walking to the gates of hell and taking dominion and authority. I'm saying? And so if we cannot be faithful, I say faithful, attendance, faithful, ministry. Oh, yeah, I serve in ministry, but it's always a flip of a coin whether or not I'm actually going to show up and do it. You're not ready for spiritual warfare. Faithful in finance, faithful in prayer, faithful in fasting, faithful in reading the word. Faithful consistency is what sets us up for spiritual warfare. And so <clears throat> these disciplines will grow our relationship with God. and They'll position us to hear his voice. God will speak when we pray, when we fast, when we read his word, when we sacrifice, when we give, when we get ourselves into places where the word is taught, preached. These things keep us connected to other fellow warriors and open the windows of heaven to bring blessing in our lives. This is why scripture tells us things like Hebrews 10, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted. I love that God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways. That, doesn't, that, doesn't that kind of almost give you like a, like a visual of it's not just show up in church and then if somebody comes to me, well, I guess I'll help them if they, if they have an issue, they tell me about it. But this kind of is like, no, let us think of ways. It sounds almost like there's a little bit of a responsibility on us as the church to go, huh, how can I help people in their walk with God? Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. So it's not just, well, they're never doing nothing. No, what can I do to maybe encourage someone, to motivate someone to be in church, to serve God, to pray, to fast, to love people? What could I do to motivate someone to come along with me in this journey? What can I do? And he says, and let us not neglect are meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of the re his return is, a, is, is, is drawing near. And so KJV says, let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, but do it even more as the day approaches. And so we know scripturally we should be gathering together. We should be. How in the world? I know people will, oh, well, God hears me when I'm laying in my bed watching online Absolutely thankful for the online audience. This is a great medium to be able to get the word of God out across the world. But it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. Why? Well, scripturally, in the same breath, he says, for, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together. 
It's right after motivate one another to love and good works. Very difficult to motivate one another to love and good works when we're not physically present. And so really these things go hand in hand that, that, that we are called as a church to, to look after one another, to motivate one another, to keep one another fresh in the battle, to keep us engaged. And so we need to get ourselves to places where faith is built. In Romans, Paul writes and says, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And so we have to figure out, if someone's not listening to podcasts, not going to Bible studies, not going to small groups, missing Sundays and Wednesdays, where, well, I, I, I read my Bible. Well, you better be reading it a lot, because if we're missing out on small groups, Bible studies, church services, no, not, not tuning into podcasts, things like that, where are, we, where are we hearing the Word of God? And if we're not hearing the word of God, if you're here today and you're going, man, my faith just feels low. I just, I feel very discouraged right now. I don't feel like my faith is high. Then I would ask you, have you been in the word? Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And so when our faith is low, chances are we probably have not been in the word because the word is filled with faith. When you read the word, the word will increase your faith. You will, because no matter what, you will read stories. I'm going to talk, preach all about this. I'm preaching on Sunday. Fear is a liar. Why? Because you can read about stories of what people have gone through, and you can go, okay, well, if God did it for them, then certainly my, he can do this for me. And so my faith is built, it's elevated. But when I'm not in the word of God, when I'm not exposed to the word of God, my faith is not elevated. Matter of fact, that's where the flesh starts to go, hey, hey, what about this? What about this? And if, it's, it's a lot easier to listen to the flesh than it is the spirit. And so, as Paul says, when we do, the, when we do these things, it, spiritual disciplines will, will prepare us for spiritual warfare. So look what Paul says. He says in Ephesians 6, 13, therefore put on every piece of God's armor. Read this last week. So you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will be standing firm. The goal is to still be standing when the battle's over. And so, stand your ground. And then here we start to see it. Put on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. First shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you're fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet. Take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times in every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Again, we've never been called to be an island. Notice he says, hey, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together, but provoke one another to love and good works. Here he's going, put on the armor, and it's a very like personal, like, yeah, I need to do this, and I need to put this on, and I need to hold this up, and I need to get prepared. But then he says, and you have a job to do to be persistent and pray for all believers everywhere. You have never been called to just do this yourself. Certainly, your first responsibility is your walk with God because you can't pour out from an empty vessel. But he's calling us to be connected, engaged, aware of our fellow warriors, which, again, I have not served in the military, but anybody that has knows you don't leave someone behind. You don't, you're, you're always aware of where your other, other, other warriors or the people that you're going to battle with. You don't just go, I got this. Yeah, I forget. I don't need you guys. No way. No way. But get this, it's really difficult. 
if not impossible. This is a practical lesson tonight. Because if we don't get spiritual disciplines, consistency, if we don't get these, we, this series is a waste. We just had a good altar call. That's, that's it. But if we go, no, if we can take this and incorporate this in our lives. And so practically, it's difficult, if not impossible, to put on the belt of truth when we watch more TV than read the Bible. Because most of what's on television is not truth. So... Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I'm, 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 I'm ingesting more false message that's not of God than messages that are of God. That's why back in the day, you would just preach against TV. That was easier. But now there's digital medium everywhere. So you carry TV with you on all of your devices. So now the preaching is about content. It's about you are empowered to go, I have to monitor what I'm ingesting, how much of it I'm ingesting. And that's not always easy. Sometimes you're tired and you're just like, I just want to veg out. And I just want, you know, your brain waves essentially die when you turn on television or any type of medium. You just like go brain dead. It's hard to put on shoes of peace when we, talk, when we don't talk to the Prince of Peace and instead listen to songs that are messages that bring dis- destruction rather than peace. And how do we hold up the shield of faith when faith is low and there's been an absence of God's word? So we have to look at ourselves and go, okay, it's not just sometimes what I am doing, it's also what I'm not doing. It's, it's, it's what am I doing to prepare myself to be ready for this spiritual battle, to, to get myself ready to engage with the enemy. And you're going to see in just a moment, 1 Peter 5, 8, that, that the devil is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So whether we are aware of it, engage, you are in a spiritual battle every single day of your life. So you're either going to get whooped or you're going to engage. And in order to engage and be victorious, we have got to prepare ourselves. And the preparing, the preparation comes from spiritual disciplines. And so we have to also go, it's not even just what we're doing, but it's also what we're not doing. It's being aware. It's not just rules of church. No, it's about understanding there's certain things I'm going to do to ingest the right things. There's certain things I'm not going to do because why? The very word, the Greek word ecclesia, where where we first get the word church, it, it means called out ones, separated. When God said you're going to be a part of my church, he's called you to be separated, consecrated. That's not a punishment. That's a beautiful thing. And so what the world says is truth. I'm not going to just buy that. I'm going to say, hold on. No, I'm not going to ingest that. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to withdraw from this and I'm going to ingest from what God is saying because I want to be strong spiritually. If we want spiritual victory, it will never be there because we wish it into existence. 
I know if I said, how many wish we could just be spiritually strong? We would all be like, yes. How many just wish that we were just, 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 just heroes of the faith? Yeah. How many just wish that we were just victorious in the spiritual realm? We're all there. Yeah. But wishing does nothing. That'd be like, I wish I, I wish I had a great job. Well, then you better go apply for one. I wish I had a well-manicured yard. Well, then you probably should go out and start cutting the grass and spraying the weed killer and pulling the weeds from the garden. Like, it, wishing does nothing. We will have to work and war things into, existing, in, into an existence. The first battle, and the first battle we win the first battle we win, it is not me versus the devil. It is, uh, it, it, it's not that. The first battle we have to win is within ourselves. It's the first battle. We're not ready for spiritual warfare if we cannot win right here. More, more even if we cannot win right here. You may be sitting here thinking, well, man, I'm not called into spiritual warfare. Maybe that's for someone else. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you became an active member of the army of God. You're now in a battle. You are in a spiritual army, and you're warring on an eternal battlefield. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 says, though we walk in the flesh... We do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. Right here. Repentance is a change of mind. So when you first say, I'm going to start living for God, it has to start with a thought, a process change that says, I want to live different. I want to repent of my sins. I want to change the way I'm thinking, God. And I want to begin to pursue you in a new way. But it is not a once saved, always saved, as I say all the time. Scripture says, he that doeth, continueth, E-T-H, it's a continuation. You can't just, just because I was baptized in Jesus' name and filled the Holy Ghost, just because I pastor a church, does not mean that I'm automatically saved. I could go tonight and leave and, and do foolish things stupid things and walk away from God. God would certainly still love me. He would still forgive me if I, if I come to him. But that does not mean I already secured my mansion in heaven just because I pastored, had a title, or was baptized. There's a continuation. There is a pursuit of God. And so the change in mind with repentance, metneo, that Greek word, is a change of mind. But now he's writing to a church saying, hey, now let's go deeper. That was the initial plan for salvation. Now we're talking about spiritual warfare, pulling down strongholds. We're talking about deeper things. And so now he's, he appeals to the mind again. It's time to cast down imaginations. And every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. What in our lives right now is exalting itself against God, against the knowledge of God? See, that's the thing. That's the separation. That's the consecration. That I'm not going to just pursue God while also leaving the other things hang around. No, I have to cast down something that's trying to exalt itself against 
God's principles. That's why Pentecostals will preach against certain music and entertainment. It's not because we're just trying to be different or because we're just trying to have rules or, or legalistic things in the church. No, it's because, hey, some of the messages out there are exalting themselves against God's message, and they cannot coexist. And so if you, you can stay in church and love God, and he'll even hear your prayers, absolutely, but if you want to go to a new level in him, there's something in us that goes, no, I'm not going to go ahead and let the flesh continue to keep that same contradicting messages. No, I'm going to cast down that message so that God's message can be elevated in my mind and in my world. But see, that's difficult sometimes because our flesh is enjoying some of the things of this world. And so your flesh is never going to get to the place where you go, I'm so pumped to wake up at five for prayer. I am so excited to fast for three days. I, I love the feeling of hunger in my stomach. I, I You know what? I, I, I just find myself always wanting to read scripture instead of watching movies and entertainment. No, your flesh says, let's go brain dead. I want to just turn something on, and I just want to watch that. I don't want to do anything else. Scripture requires me to be engaged mentally to actually meditate on what God is saying. So your flesh is not ever going to go, hey, I want more spiritual disciplines. It doesn't do that. And so if we can't win the war of the alarm clock versus prayer or the Bible versus Netflix or, uh, you know, a cheeseburger versus a fast, like if we can't win this, we're not prepared for spiritual warfare. And so spiritual warfare starts with spiritual disciplines that says, no, my flesh is not going to run this. My, my flesh is not going to be in control. I'm going to cast down the things that try to exalt themselves against God. I'm going to start to go to a new dimension, and it's going to start with basics. It's going to start with building blocks. It's going to start with things that prayer, fasting, Bible reading, uh, uh, faithfulness to church, faithfulness in finance, faithfulness in, in, in ministry and service. It's things that I'm going to make sure that I'm, I'm doing. And, and of course, and again, people want to say, well, yeah, so, you're, so you mean you can do things to earn God's grace? No, no, no. God's grace is already there. But it's about saying my flesh is not going to run things. I'm going to deny flesh, live consecrated, committed, sanctified, set apart from this world and unto him. It's not just what we're keeping away from, it's what we're separated unto. And so that's the thing. A lot of good people want God's principles to hang around in their lives. Uh, most, most Christians are not like, I just, I'm walking away from God. I just want to serve the devil. No, most people are not like that. But they're like, I just want a little bit of God because I love the way he makes me feel and I want to make sure that I'm secure. But I really enjoy all the things that come with this world too. And if I don't do some of these things, then people are going to ask me about how I dress and my hair and my commitment to what I watch and listen to and where I go. And, and so I, I, I'd prefer, I'd like to fit in in both places. But you can't. Certainly, you can be friendly and love people. Let them see the fruit of God's Spirit in your life. But you can't have something that exalts itself against God without casting down the imagination and then going deeper in Him and being a mighty man or woman of God, too. God will love you, and you will have a place, and you'll have a relationship. But if you want to go deeper, you have to do things that take you deeper.
There has to be things in my life that says, this can't remain. This can't stay this way. I can't keep praying five minutes a day and watching three and a half hours of Hallmark. This is, I'm just trying to grab Netflix, Hallmark, TV, whatever people are doing. I might not be perfect, but I can assure you I'm not watching three and a half hours of Hallmark. <laughs> that might be on a loop in hell. Hell. That's a, see, hell. I'll tell you what hell's going to look like. You're going to pull staples out of walls all day long. There's going to be glitter on chairs. You're going to have to watch Hallmark, or more specifically, like those Little Women and Anna Green Gables movies. Where the climax of the movie is, let's go out for crumpets and tea. You're just like, what am I looking at right now? And then you're going to have to eat refried beans as your only meal. Some of you want to go to hell now. You better pray. But you see, for us, see, I have to pause now because they're like, how are you going to get serious that fast? But this is different. Last week was powerful. And we want to live in last week. It's fun. <laughs> when it's just, wow, wow, and we just are like, oh, that's awesome. But this is where we go, hey, why can't I have last week in my bedroom when I pray on Tuesday morning? Why do I have to wait? Now, there's power. I understand. When you come together, I mean, you, you, you really take on hell as a whole group. There's power in not forsaking yourself, uh, assembling yourself, the, uh, not forsaking the assembling of yourself together. Absolutely. There's power in that. And it's easier. And that's why when people touch God, it's usually in a service setting rather than by themselves because it's easier. And rightfully so. We come here with one thing in mind. Worship God, touch God, gather together, worship Him. And, and there's power and in, in, in hell can't stand against a church. But hell also can't stand against you as a spirit-filled believer. And so if we can learn to start to take dominion and authority over our day, over what's going on, but you see there's certain things we might watch or do on Friday night that we would never do in the house of God on Sunday afternoon, then why would we do them on Friday night? Like, there, there really shouldn't be things that are going on in our lives. I've talked to parents, they're like, oh, I watch this, but I wait till my kids go to sleep because I don't want them to see it. Why in the world would something be okay for you to watch and your kids not to watch? I didn't expect a lot of amens there. But this practical stuff where we go, okay, no, I want to pave the way for God's spirit to operate in my life. I want to get things in that are going to go to take me to deeper places in him. But ultimately, here's the part I hate about preaching these messages. 
Because what I'm saying is true and biblical. But no matter how I preach it, what I say, how anointed I am or I'm not, no matter what, you are the one that has to decide. And that decision simply comes based on this one thing. Am I more hungry for the things of this world or am I more hungry for God? And I can't preach that out of you or into you. There has to be something in you that goes, I, I want this. I want to hear God's voice. I want to draw near to Jesus Christ. I want God to start using my life in a more powerful way. I want to start to hear his voice with greater clarity. I want to begin to feel his touch. I want to begin to just, just walk in another dimension where I have never been before. But that's not just going to happen on accident. That's not just going to happen because we had a string of three great services. That only happens when men and women of God go, what am I going to do that's going to change? Because in order to get to, to see things you've never saw, You've got to be willing to do things you've never done. And so there's something in us that goes, God, I want you. I want your voice. I want your hand. I want to draw near to you. This is a spiritual battle. It's one in my own mind. And so, I, I, God, I, I want more of you. And you're going to, the daily battle that rages around us, it can deplete us of spiritual energy. When we become weak and weary. Notice I said when, not if. Go ahead and pretend that you are a super spiritual giant that never gets weak and weary, but you do. Every, everyone does at times. It's going to happen at times, but in those times we have to remember, where does my strength come from? Well, David says this, Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. If he's the source of strength, then it's imperative that we remain connected to him. Think about this. How many of you are willing to just go for the next week from now till next Wednesday when we have full church prayer, I think, next Wednesday, and just never plug your phone in? Just, just, just go ahead and leave it from now till next Wednesday. Don't plug it in. Some of you are like, that would be awesome. We think. But then we go, yeah, but I do so much on that. And I text and I call and look at social media and I scroll and I do these things. Well, in order to, for this thing to stay alive, it has to be plugged into a source of power. So why is that so easy to understand about this phone? But so difficult to understand about our spiritual walk. I connected, I plugged into God on Sunday, and I plugged into God on Wednesday. I don't care what provider you have, what phone you have. Most phones, if you use them at all, are not going to last for three days. They're going to need to be plugged in. We can't go from Sunday to Wednesday and be victorious in a spiritual battle. 
So Paul says, verse 16, 2 Corinthians 4, 16, he said, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are renewed every day. Our spirits have to be renewed. That's the expectation of the, of the church. Our spirits are renewed every day. My phone is renewed every day. Believe me, there's times I would love to not plug that phone in. But I know that there's things on there and it's business and there's life, but there's a renewal every single day. And we don't fight this battle through the physical realm. The body's dying, but we renew our spirits. God is faithful, but he calls us to prepare to stand firm. He calls us to maintain spiritual disciplines. He calls us to walk in consistency. We can't just go to powerful. That's it. I'm never doing it again. I'm giving it all up. I'm going to start praying three hours a day. This week, I'm doing a week-long fast. That's it. I'm going to, I think I can read a chapter. If I could just read a book of the Bible a day, there's 66 books. 66, that's like two months. I'm telling you, I could go through the whole Bible multiple times in one year. Just take a deep breath. I love your passion. I love your vision. No, you're probably not going to do that, though. And so then we make these promises to God and we miss a couple days and then we're just like, oh, I forget it. I can't do it. it. Like, no. Start with things that go, what can I do? They're going to start to put the building blocks down for spiritual warfare. What can I do that is going to start to prepare me to walk consistently, to go to greater depths in him? See, prayer is, that needs to be the most consistent thing we do. If we only connect with God periodically or if we only reach out to him when we're weakened or near defeat, it tends to be when we, God, where are you? He's like, I've actually been here waiting for a while. That's what we do as humans. God, where are you? I'm struggling. Life's terrible. Don't feel good. The job's not going well. Somebody really irritated me. God, where are you? And he's like, I've, I've, yeah, I've been here the whole time. I'm here. But if we only go to him when we're in a weakened or near defeat state, we are playing a risky, eternal game. And the reality is that these decisions have eternal consequences. Not just for you, but for the people that God's calling you to reach, but you're not engaged in the battle. So he's calling us to deeper places. Sunday, Wednesday, those messages were more fun. God's taking us deeper. We're like, yeah. Let's come to the altar. God's taking us, yeah. But we will not go deeper without this. This, the spiritual disciplines, the consistency, the, the hunger for God your flesh is never going to push you to develop spiritual disciplines. That's only going to happen at an altar of sacrifice. It's only going to happen in a time of prayer. God's calling some people right now. He's calling you to fast. He's calling you to pray. He's calling you to serve, to sacrifice. Your flesh, instantly, is going to start, it's going to start coming up with excuses. 
Well, no, it's not, not, maybe next week. That's not the time. I don't know if he's really talking to me. No, I think you can still go deeper without necessarily doing that. And you can just start to justify away. For many, the best ways to develop and maintain spiritual disciplines is this, to build systems, processes into your life, to make them habitual. To where you go, okay, I'm going to start to meet at the same time, the same place. I'm going to start to do these things. I'm going to develop these consistencies. Your flesh is not going to want to wake up early and pray. Your, your flesh is not going to want to skip meals. Your, your flesh is not going to want to give away hard-earned money. Your flesh will come up with so many excuses as to why you are justified in missing a church service. But strong people don't let the flesh make decisions for them. They deny flesh. They walk in the Spirit. They take up, stand strong, put on, prepare, pray. Spiritual battle, spiritual warfare is not going to transpire because of some great altar calls on Sunday afternoons. But if those altar calls will give birth to a response to what God's laying before you, what he's calling you to do, this is not a beat you up message. This is an invitation from God Almighty as he's going, I want to know you and I want you to know me because ultimately if God created you and he knows all things, he already knows you. He knows your heart. He knows your spirit. He knows what's in your mind. He knows you. But when we pursue him in a relationship we get to know him. He already knows you. But when we learn to listen and we learn to go into the word and we learn to pray and fast and he starts to speak things to us and we start to go through, through, through difficult times, we go through the fire and, and, and we're not just cursing the fire, cursing the valley, cursing. No, we're going, God, it's in moments like this on the side of the mountain that you're speaking to me. John receives the book of Revelation on the island of Patmos. It's, at, it's, it's, it's in those moments that he goes, I'm still with you. And we learn to go, let me hear your voice. Let me go to greater depths. I'm hungry for you, God. I want to hear you. I want to know you. I want to see you. I want to I I go places where I've never gone. I want to hear things and see things that I've never seen. God, show me. Develop those things in me. Speak to me, God. And he will do that because he wants to reveal himself to you. But when is he going to do it? How is he going to do it? It's only going to be when you respond to messages like this. And we're about to come and pray. You can stand to your feet. We're about to come and pray about what we just heard. But tonight's message, the, the, the powerful response won't be measured, hear me, it won't be measured at the altar call. I want us to come and pray. I want us to come and really go, God, what are you calling me to do? God, what do you have for me? I want us to respond to what we heard tonight. But it's not going to be measured here tonight. And, and we as a church won't ever be able to measure it. But you will be able to walk out of this place and go, God, what are you calling me to do?
God, I want to begin to pursue you in ways I have not. I've just started kind of coasting and life has happened and all the things are pulling me in all these different directions. But God, I want you more than anything else. More than anything in this world, I want to hear your voice. I want to see your face. I want to go deeper. I wish that there was like one or two magical messages that I could just go around and preach, including at our own church. Oh, that's the one that just lights a fire in people to love and hunger and thirst for God. But I don't have that message because nobody does. The message just lays the word of God before us. But then we take his word and we respond. And most of us will respond at the altar, which is a great place. But the response has to follow us from the altar to the car. To where we leave and go, God, I want you tomorrow morning. I want you tonight. I want Thursday, Friday, Saturday. God, I don't want to live from mountaintop to mountaintop. I don't want to live from one powerful service to the next powerful service. I want to walk with you through the week. I want to pray as I'm driving, as I'm going. I've been spending tons of time in hotel rooms. I want to, I want to have a powerful move of God in my hotel room. I want, to, I want to talk to him when I'm driving down the road. I want to carve out time in my living room, in my bedroom. I want to, I, everywhere I go, I just, I, just, I just want to be aware of you. I've been driving around with our district superintendent, Brother Parkey, and we're going out to, we're walking into restaurants, we're going into meetings, and he's just constantly going, thank you, Jesus. God, you're good. Oh, God, thank you, Lord. God's always on his mind. He's just always acknowledging his existence. We're, we're, we're walking in restaurants. We're, we're, we'll, we'll get done. We'll laugh about something and go, well, thank you, Jesus. Why? Because Brother Parkey's a man of God. Brother Parkey has depth in his relationship. I want us all to have that depth. I want us everywhere we go. I want us as we walk, as we talk, as we eat, as we go places. You don't have to be super spiritual. You can laugh and say, you don't have to go, hang on. Jesus is here. No, it's just to acknowledge, oh God, you're here. God, you're good. God, you're wonderful. God is inviting us to deeper places. Deeper places that started an altar and extend beyond the altar. And so I'm inviting you to come and find a place to pray tonight. And to respond, yes, right now. But to also ask about what the response looks like leaving this place. As I prepare for the spiritual battle, as the spiritual disciplines are the building blocks to be mightily used of God in every battle, every day. I want to be a warrior for Jesus Christ. I want to be consistent. I want to draw near to Him. I want to know Him. I don't want to just know about Him. I want to know Him.
is born. 